Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. Thank you for joining me tonight. Welcome once again. I'm going to get stuck in pretty quickly actually because this is a big topic I realised when I was writing away and researching. So this group is all about learning and connecting in a way that is less formal than traditional counselling but is underpinned by the principles that I work with in my practice. And I'm absolutely passionate about delivering good quality mental health to as many people as I can, keeping it real and compassionate. So if you have no idea who I am, let me introduce myself. I am V Vincy. I'm a registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. I help people get clear direction by using honesty, simplicity and humour to break down the overwhelm and I equip clients with a toolbox of skills and knowledge. Now, I'm going to do a little recap because I'm a bit of a linker of topics and they tend to relate to each other in some way. And you'll see that we've done that with a few of our sections. But this group probably started around belief cycles and values, which was a few weeks ago. And it was looking at what we believe and asking ourselves, does it still serve a purpose? Does it help or hinder? And if not, what's important to us now? The thing is, is that when we ask those important questions, it invariably makes us look at things that we may not have been aware of or we notice things that we did or did or or we did or we didn't notice uh, and necessarily what we want anymore, right? And that leaves us in this place where things change, which means the ripple effect can be felt around us. And this is how we came really up with last week's topic, which was a request, and it was the five ways to say no. Because most people, apparently, a lot of people have trouble with saying no. And it was pretty much a hit with most people. So what we found is that when things change, we sometimes do stuff differently, or we need to do stuff differently. And we also need to be very clear that we are doing something differently because people are used to, you know, the old creatures of habit, they're used to what we normally do and it sets the apple apple cart off. So no is a word that people become stuck on. So tonight's topic is about boundaries because let's face it, if you can't say no, you have some trouble setting boundaries, whether you think it or not. If you do realise that you have trouble setting boundaries, then tonight we go for a bit of a dive into what healthy boundaries are, how to set them, why healthy boundaries are important for self-care and how to explain your boundaries to both adults and children. So setting boundaries is an important part of establishing your identity and it's a crucial aspect of mental health and well-being. They're the two main things that I deal with in my world, mental health and well-being. Boundaries can be physical or emotional, and they can range from being really loose uh, to having no boundaries at all to the absolute opposite end, which is really rigid, which isn't great either. 
So healthy boundaries fall somewhere in between. Learning to show compassion and kindness to yourself is absolutely crucial in setting healthy boundaries. And this is why we have focused so much on self-care, identifying and looking at all the aspects of your emotions and personality in a non-judgmental way so that we effectively build self-compassion along the way. All right. And if and I think if nothing, I hope that you can see that even the most she looks like she has a shit together person feels all and every single one of the elements that we've talked about over the last few months. So what is a boundary? A, now the definition, a boundary is a limit or space between you and the other person. A clear place where you begin and the other person ends. Right, so the purpose of setting a healthy boundary is to protect and to take good care of you. Now, this is super important because a lot of what we have spoken about has looked at how we set up defense mechanisms as a protective behavior. So let me repeat that. Our defense mechanisms are a protective behavior, which is why most people don't want to drop them and why they have served a purpose in our past. What I love about understanding boundaries is that once you have them in place, we don't need all the defense behaviors because the boundary is what protects us. It, heads, it limits our um, fight or flight response under faulty circumstances. Remember, the brain cannot tell the difference between real or imagined danger. If it thinks we are being taken advantage of, guess what it does? It sets up the defense mechanism because we haven't set up the boundary system, all right? Now, got a, I loved this quote when I read it. Don't expect people to respect the boundaries you haven't set. It's a brilliant, brilliant quote. In general, healthy boundaries are those boundaries that are set to make sure mentally and emotionally you are stable. All right, so another way to think about it is that our boundaries might be rigid, loose, somewhere in between or non-existent, but a complete lack of boundaries can indicate that we don't have a strong identity or we're enmeshed with someone else's identity too much. So healthy boundaries can serve to establish our identity, that sense of who am I. And specifically, healthy boundaries can help you define your individuality and help indicate what you will and you will not hold yourself responsible for. Now, boundaries are often psychological or emotional, but they can also be physical. So for example, defining physical contact from a coworker is setting an important boundary and one that's just as crucial as setting up an emotional boundary. So we often can, can figure out emotion, um, physical boundaries, all right? That's, that sometimes is not the problem. In fact, sometimes we do the hot, don't get near me, and we don't really want that either. It's the emotional and the mental boundaries that we mostly have problems with, all right? Now, what are the advantages of healthy boundaries? Well, they're crucial for self-care, and that's because in our work or in our personal relationships, poor boundaries lead to resentment, anger and burnout, all the stuff we've talked about. Now, even though those are necessary emotions over the time, 
they're unnecessary if they are a result of us not putting up a boundary. All right, so it's just unnecessary. We need to keep our boundaries. We don't want to keep drinking the anger poison. We just don't want to have it as often as we need to. What we, what I've been talking about is when it is there, don't try and stick it under grandpa's carpet. Let's have a look at it and don't pretend it's not there. So there's always some form of boundary we can apply uh, at work. All right, work doesn't seem to be the biggest problem sometimes, especially with a physical boundary. But depending on your type of profession, boundaries can need will need to be clearer or bigger. So, for example, some teachers say that setting boundaries helps them avoid burnout and stay in the profession longer. All right, and what does this indicate? That healthy boundaries at work can help people feel more fulfilled and less stressed in their professional life. And if that's happening in their professional life, guess what it leaves room for in their personal life? The same, less stress and more fulfillment. So more generally, the consequences of not setting healthy boundaries often include stress, financial stress or financial burdens, wasted time, relationship issues, and these can then cause mental distress. Okay, so basically a lack of healthy boundaries can negatively impact all the aspects of your life. Self-care, which includes setting boundaries, is an important part of leading a mentally healthy life. But unlike more intuitive aspects of self-care, like healthy eating and exercise, setting boundaries isn't something most people understand. And this is why I've put this as a separate topic altogether. I didn't want to include it in self-care because at that point when we were talking about self-care, it was back in the early days of COVID and it really was about, well, how can I just help myself stay healthy during this point? I'm now talking about long-term mental health care. That's what I want to do. So what are healthy boundaries? Well, the types of boundaries you set depends on the setting. So one person's healthy boundaries with a um, you know romantic partner will be really different to that same person's healthy boundaries with a boss or a co-worker, or let's hope so anyway, because otherwise that's a whole other session, unfortunately, one that I get too often. So let's start out looking at professional boundaries, okay? Because professional boundaries, people seem to be able to at least put certain boundaries in place at work, all right? So in a teacher-student relationship, a teacher might set healthy boundaries by choosing to keep their personal lives separate from their professional life by not telling their students too much about their private lives. They begin each school year by telling kids that they are, you know, what they are and what they're not comfortable with, what they'll put up with and what they won't. And these are good examples of physical boundaries. But here's an example of an emotional one, right? So teachers can also set boundaries by telling themselves that they will not hold themselves responsible for every aspect of their students' lives. Because, you know, not all kids come from good homes and not all kids come into school happy. That way, when they do that, they won't be too hard on themselves when a student suffers from something that's outside of the teacher's control. All right? Mental health professionals, me included, we also practice self-care and we have to set healthy boundaries with our clients. We're not immune to stress and mental health disorders of our own and might even be more vulnerable sometimes to those issues simply because of the job that we do. But one way I do this is to set clinical boundaries. 
And that's by not hanging out with my clients. In fact, this even reaches on social media platforms. So whilst we get to hang out here, you aren't going to get to see my drunken bogan bingo photos so that I don't mix professional responsibilities and personal life. Okay, <clears throat> and I've actually had a few people who, you know, um, social media lends itself to being really informal and you, you tend to feel like you know people's lives. And I've often had people, clients, reach out to do to friend me on Facebook, uh, even though my name is different. It's not too hard to find. I mean, Facebook tells you, you might know such and such. So they will, they will often friend me. And, you know, I have to say, I reach out and say to them, listen, don't take offence, I love it, but I do need to keep the boundary clear. And that's okay. And as long as I am comfortable with that boundary and I am honest with it, then everyone's pretty much okay with it. Now, like I said, these personal or professional boundaries, they sometimes um, are easier for people. And only you can answer that. Because remember, often we have the theory already in one area of our life. What we don't do is apply it everywhere. All right, so whilst you might not have a problem at work, you've got to ask yourself, do you have a problem with friends and family? Or where do you have the problem? So we must be able to set boundaries across the board with our friends, even really well-meaning ones. Okay, so for example, a woman in the middle of packing up her house for a move might not let a friend who's dropped in unannounced stay for too long. That way she can get done what she needs to get done. Alternatively, that same woman might politely decline the same friend's request to help her pack if she thinks packing should be a personal process. Healthy boundaries can help manage the demands on people's time. It's not malicious or thoughtless demands on one's time or emotions. Okay, another setting in which healthy boundaries are crucial, we all know this one, is your romantic relationships. So, for example, a person asking their partner for one night each week alone, as opposed to seeing each other daily, is an example. Another one is a new mum asking her partner to take on more responsibility with the baby, such as giving the baby a bath or going to the park with the baby and so on so that she can have more time to herself. The thing is, is if we don't ask for those things, what we tend to do is become resentful. And then we foster that resentment and it builds up and builds up and builds up. That's often the big thing that brings people into me, that they've, they've got all this resentment and they're starting to pick at each other. But I look at it and go, but rather than fostering the resentment, we can instead try to set and communicate our boundaries. And I know that that's probably the really difficult part for people. They, people come into me and go, but I don't know how to communicate it. But I go back and like, but what are you trying to communicate? And often they don't know what the boundary is. So that's where we're going to have a look at tonight. We're going to try and help you establish what are my boundaries. Start asking questions, all right? So boundaries can be really important in parent and child relationships. If you've got kids, parents might ask their child never to enter their bedroom without knocking first. We all know where that goes. Um, but children might ask their parents to never read their diaries or journals so that they can maintain some privacy of their own. Now, parents can choose whether to respect a child's proposed boundaries because they might reject some for safety reasons. But it's important to be clear about the boundaries that they do intend to respect in order to build the trust with their children. So 
And you know, it's funny because often you don't have any problem telling our kids the boundaries and we're very clear and we go, if you break the boundary, this is what's going to happen. But I need, and often we will say to them, now tell me, repeat after me, what did I say? Just so that I know you've got it. We all know the process. We just don't apply it across the board. So like I just mentioned, the first part of setting boundaries is actually examining the boundaries that already exist or are lacking. So you might decide that, um, say you've got healthy boundaries with your romantic partner, but not with your friends or co-workers or vice versa, right? From there, you can decide what types of boundaries that you want to set with your friends or co-workers. Okay, so finding out, look at where they where you do have them and look at where you don't have them. As for how to exactly set the boundaries, well, you know, saying no simply but firmly to something you do not want to do, that sets a boundary. You don't need to explain. This is what we talked about in the five ways to say no. Not over explaining is crucial in setting boundaries as everybody has the right to determine what they do and what they do not want to do. So this brings up another important point. Keep the focus on yourself, all right? Instead of setting a boundary by saying to someone or saying something like, you have to stop bothering me at work, um, you need to flip that to go, I need some time to myself when I'm at work or vice versa. We often get this, you have to stop bothering me when I first walk in the door after work. I go, well, hang on a minute, flip that around and say, I need some time to myself when I get back from work. All right, so it's a really important point because you're asking the boundary for yourself. When you say to then you start pointing the finger and say, you need to leave me, you're asking them to set the boundary for you. They don't need to do that. They've got their own boundary. The boundary is for you. So a person in an unhealthy relationship might declare that his partner needs to start respecting his career goals if he wants to continue being in the relationship. Now, it's crucial to only declare consequences that you are willing to follow through on or the boundaries will not be effective. This is a classic for X generation now parents who grew up with boomers. Stop doing that or you don't do that or I'll break your bloody legs. My mum used to say that all the time. That is a totally ineffective boundary. She was never going to break our legs. It was more likely that we would fall from what we were doing and break our leg than her breaking our leg. All right, so it's really, really important. We do it now with kids. Make sure don't threaten anything you are not going to follow through. Same with the boundary. Don't say anything that you are not going to follow through. So it's really important to be really clear with, wow, where do I want my boundaries? Okay. So in general, the key to setting boundaries is first figuring out what you want from your various relationships and then setting boundaries based on those desires, being clear with yourself and then being clear with other people. Okay. So it's pretty simple. Find out. Where do you want, what relationships do you want boundaries in? Set the boundary on those desires. What is it that you want for that relationship? Be clear with yourself and then be clear with somebody else. The biggest 
area that people come to me for is relationships. Boundaries in relationships are the most crucial and often the most blurred. Okay, so when one person is in control of another, love cannot grow deeply and fully. And there is no freedom. Now that's a quote. Um, and it's from it's from a um, sort of like a psych book. I've got the, the, the label there, but it's not my quote. But it's a beautiful quote. When one person is in control of another, love cannot grow deeply and fully as there is no freedom. So healthy boundaries can be the difference between a healthy, happy relationship and a toxic, dysfunctional one. A lack of boundaries can lead to an unhealthy relationship because one partner may feel that he or she has no privacy anymore. Too many boundaries, though, can also be an issue, as in the case of people who refuse to spend time with the friends and families of their partners. So remember, the first thing I said is it's a healthy mix between rigid and loose. It's finding yours. So in the case of people in relationships who, who have children, boundaries are super, super important. Because, you know, we had there was been some research done looking at self-care in new mums. And it highlighted that a crucial component in self-care was the mum's willingness to delegate and the ability to set boundaries. Um, and, and a mother who can set boundaries with her partner in order to respect her needs will likely be much better off than one who cannot. And this will help the relationship too. So the fact that boundaries are important in relationships really, you know, underscores the importance of setting and respecting them. It's important to understand and respect each other's boundaries in a long-term partnership, just as it's important to respect the boundaries of whoever is in your life. You want, you need to know that. And, and that's, that's a way that you get to know them really well. So one good way of avoiding uh, crossing over someone's boundaries and avoid having your own boundaries cross is to have honest conversations about boundaries with people. People often avoid this because they don't want the argument. But here's a great tip for you. A relationship with no arguments is a relationship with a lot of secrets. It's not going to be healthy. So take home message. Setting healthy boundaries is crucial. It's a crucial part of life an important aspect of any self-care practice. So someone who's not used to setting boundaries may feel really guilty or selfish when they first start out. But setting boundaries is necessary for mental health and well-being. And appropriate boundaries look very different depending on the setting. And it also depends on the person. So while setting boundaries is crucial, it's even more important to respect the boundaries that others have set for themselves. So this goes for parents too, children, romantic partners, bosses, co-workers, and anyone who interacts with or has power over anybody else. Respect is a two-way street and appreciating the boundaries others have set for themselves is as important as setting boundaries for yourself. So let me give you a pathway. This is very often what people come to me for. They want answers to a problem. And even though I really do not have the answer, what I do have is some take-home strategies to help apply a process to help you figure it out. All right, I'm a processes girl. I love them. So in a nutshell, I essentially help you 
to reset, readjust, refocus, and restart. And I do this as many times as you need, okay? Now, there are some ways to build and preserve better boundaries and maintain them. This will be in a handout for you, but I will go over them. Now, number one, name your limits. You can't set good boundaries if you are unsure of where you stand. So identify if your boundary is a physical boundary problem, an emotional or a mental issue. Where is the boundary breach? So you then consider these, consider your limits within those areas. So for example, consider what you can tolerate and accept and what makes you feel comfortable or stressed. Those feelings will help you identify what your limits are. Okay, number two, tune into your feelings. It's probably been the thing, you must get sick of me saying it really. So I've observed two key feelings in other things, in others that are red flags or cues that we're letting go of our boundaries. Okay, number one, discomfort. Number two, resentment. Think of these feelings on a scale from one to 10. Six to 10 is in the higher zone of discomfort and will need to be assessed by you. So remember what I've said in the last few lives about discomfort. Discomfort can be a friend or a foe. Sometimes we just need to push through our discomfort. At other times, the discomfort is telling us something is not right. What we often do is become reactive to another person not being right or a situation not being right. What if the discomfort is asking you to assess if your boundary is right? So if you're at the higher end of this scale, during an interaction or a situation, you've got to ask yourself, what is causing it? What is it about this interaction or the person's expectation that is bothering me? Resentment usually comes from being taken advantage of or not appreciated. It's often a sign that we're pushing ourselves either beyond our own limits because we feel guilty and that old chestnut and want to be a good, uh, good daughter or a good wife, for instance, or someone else is imposing their expectations or views and values on us. So when someone acts in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, that may be a cue that there could be a violation or a boundary cross. Uh, where am I? Number three, be direct. With some people, maintaining healthy boundaries doesn't require a direct and clear-cut dialogue, right? Usually this is the case if people are similar in their communication styles. They have similar views, personalities, general approach to life. You, um, you probably don't need to be super, super clear with those people because you get it, you get each other. But not everyone's the same. And so with others... If you have a different personality or in particular a different cultural background, you'll need to be more direct about your boundaries. So consider this example. One person feels that challenging someone's opinions is a healthy way of communicating. Hello, that would be me. But to another person, this feels completely disrespectful and tense. All right, so neither of them are wrong. They're just different and they need to be able to converse about that. So there are times when you might need to be direct, especially in romantic relationships. Time can be a boundary issue. Partners need to talk about how much time they need to maintain their sense of self and how much time to spend together. Number four, I can't wait, I didn't number these things, so I think it's number four, but anyway, we're in the next one. Give yourself permission. 
fear, guilt and self-doubt are big potential pitfalls. This is why I have left this until now. I needed to help you guys understand the context around our behaviours as they completely shape our choices. And this is timely. Boundaries are our choice. If you don't have them or they are being crossed, you are choosing to let that happen. Remember the earlier quote, don't expect people to respect the boundaries that you have not set. Even though we might fear the other person's response, if we set and enforce our boundaries, we must learn that they are just a sign of a healthy relationship. They are a sign of self-respect. So give yourself the permission to set the boundaries and then work to preserve them. Practice makes perfect. So that takes me into my next one, practice self-awareness. Boundaries are all about honing in on your feelings and honouring them. So if you notice yourself slipping and not sustaining your boundaries, you've got to ask yourself, what's changed? What uh, am I doing or what is the other person doing? Or what is the situation um, bringing out that's making me resentful or stressed? Then you've got to mull over your options. What am I going to do about the situation? What do I have control over? What can I choose? Which boundary am I going to choose to let go? Or which boundary am I going to choose to enforce? Next one, consider your past and present. Now, we've worked along this with um, family dynamics. How you were raised, along with your role in your family, can become obstacles in setting and preserving boundaries. If you held the role of caretaker, or you learned to focus on others, letting yourself be drained emotionally or physically, ignoring your own needs um, might become the norm for you, all right? But this is about challenging it now. This is what we've been doing. Have a look at it. It doesn't need to set our path. Think about the people you surround yourself with. Um, are the relationships reciprocal? Is there a healthy give and take in these relationships? Beyond relationships, your environment might be unhealthy too. For instance, if your workday is at eight hours a day, but your co-workers stay at least 10 hours, there's an implicit expectation to go above and beyond at work. It can be really challenging being the only one or one of a few trying to maintain healthy boundaries. And that has never been more important than right now because COVID pulled everyone out of the workforce for a while. And now what's happening is that this workforce is picking up, but they haven't, got the, they haven't put the people back in because people are frightened, so people are being asked to do more and more. It's super, super important to tune into your feelings and know what needs you have that need to be honoured because this becomes the crucial element. You'll just make yourself sick, which goes into my next point. Make self-care a priority. Now, we went, if you're new to um, HQ, the I think there is a series. I did a whole month on self-care. Go back and have a look at it. So there's no surprises here. This has underpinned a ton of work we've done already. Make self-care a priority, which also involves giving yourself permission to put yourself first. When we do this, our need and motivation to set boundaries becomes stronger. So putting yourself first gives you the energy, peace of mind and positive outlook to be more present. 
and then you're in a better place and you can be a better wife, a better mother, a better husband, co-worker, friend. Seek support. If you are having a hard time setting boundaries, then you might need a session, an individual session. Sometimes we need help just getting the ball rolling. But you know, I will post these, like I said, in the handout, so have a look over them. But seeking support through service uh, resources too. There's a book called The Art of Extreme Self-Care. Have a look at them. You'd be surprised how many really good books are there. So you can have a look from that. Be assertive. All right, now, of course, we know it's not enough to just create boundaries. We actually have to follow through. And even though intellectually we know that people aren't mind readers, we still expect others to know what hurts us. And since they don't, it's important to assertively communicate with the other person when they've crossed the boundary. So in a respectful way, you'll let the other person know what in particular that has bothered you so that they can address it. Go back to our last session, the five ways to say no. Remember what I said, pick one that suits you and use it. And finally, start small. Like any new skill, assertively communicating your boundaries takes practice. And you know what? You're not going to look over these things and go, yep, this is what I'm going to do. You're going to have to spend a little bit of time going, God, what is my boundary? Start with that first. Start with a small boundary that isn't so threatening to you and then, you know, increase to more challenging boundaries. Build upon your success and try it out. Try it out for a few weeks. It's not just going to be trying it out for a day. Try it out for a few weeks. Make it stick. But I think they tell you it takes six weeks for something to become a habit, a new pattern. Otherwise, everything's going to feel completely overwhelming. Um, it takes practice it takes courage and it takes support so it's a skill and you know what I love about a skill is that you're not born with it you're not born with a skill but you can learn it and if you can learn it you can master it now because I've been quoting lots tonight I'm going to end with one if you are waiting for the time the place the person the oh, who knows I don't know what what people wait for but sometimes people wait for the right moment to start addressing boundaries. You're gonna be waiting a lifetime. So here's the quote. You are never quite ready, but you are brave and the universe listens to brave.